Hello and welcome to Move the Line Prop Drop Show. Prop Drop is brought to you by WinBets. Download the WinBet app today. Use our promo code 4 for 4 take advantage of the risk-free $1,000 bet. I'm Ryan Noonan, joined by two of my favorite fellow prop gens. First of all, Connor Allen. What's going on, buddy? Not much. Uh, you know, spent a good portion of this week trying to forget about last week, um, you know, at least in terms of some of our picks on the show. But you know what? We're uh, we're back better than ever. And, you know, what goes up or what goes down must go up, right? Isn't that how that saying goes? I like the attitude. Uh, also, Always in the space is our man, Prop Stars. How are we feeling, Alex? What's going on today? What's up, Ryan? What's up, Connor? How are you guys doing? Yeah, last week was a doozy for me as well. It's actually my first losing week of the season, so I am motivated to get back on track. I have been with the old grindstone, as they say. Yeah, I'm ready to get down to business. Love it. Uh, folks recognizing in chat, you know, the hair is done up today. We got a new mic. You know, he's, he's looking fresh to death. So we get, hopefully the cat pumped up, ready to go, <laughs> ready to contribute. Um, I was 3-1 last week, guys. So, like, let's go. Oh, man. Okay. Let's go. We got we to step it up. We crushed the other week. Um, feeling good about the, the process here. I know Connor's got some good ones. I've seen some of that stuff too. I've got a peak of Alex. I got an early peak of Alex as I haven't dug in. So feeling good about what we have for the listeners this week. So uh, if you are just tuning in, uh, two shows a week here for Move the Line. This is our prop show. We're going to go around the horn, share some of our props, and then handle your questions. And then on Wednesdays, Connor and I bring on some different folks from around the industry to break down the games uh, from a betting perspective, you know, more sides and totals, kind of more big picture football stuff. So uh, we appreciate you joining us here. Subscribe so you don't miss a show. Also, deep in the show notes, you can find some information on how to take advantage of a uh, four for four subscription. Our betting sub gets you premium access to literally everything on the sites. We have slash prices now at this point, basically being halfway through the season. So please take advantage of that. Uh, it's going to get you access again. DFS, um, you know, optimizers, all of our prop tools, our premium Discord, which pays for itself in a weekend. I think that that is a really uh, worthwhile experience. So uh, again, take care, take a look. All that's down in the show notes. Um, Hi, gentlemen, winners. We're ready for it. Folks, if you're in the chat, uh, let's fire up some questions. Like I said, when we're done here, we're going to get to the questions and go around the horn. Connor, my man, kick us off with uh, bet number one. You're muted right off the gate. Um, kicking it off, starting off strong. This is why we were late, you know, a little bit rushed here. Um, Jalen Rager under 27. I think that might be two weeks in a row, by the way. Uh, 27 and a half, uh, receiving yards. Um, I, I think that this line was a little bit interesting. He's gone over this number in just two of eight games this season, now facing a, like a tough charger secondary. Uh, he was banged up last week, hardly practiced until today. Uh, I think it's very unlikely that he's 100% or anywhere near 100%. And then not to mention the Eagles just like entirely shifted their their offense in the last like two weeks. Um, they're going way run heavy. Like they're just skewing massively. Jalen Hurts had 14 pass attempts last week. Part of that was due to game script. But I think even when that wasn't like in their game script, like they were still running the ball heavily. Um, and against a Chargers team that's one of the worst to run defense, I think that they're probably going to continue to do that with some success. So I think there's going to be a low volume uh, passing game here. And Rager hasn't really been all that efficient regardless. So I like the under 27 and a half receiving yards. I lean under on the two and a half receptions as well. Yeah. Interesting call. Obviously if he gets out there in a limited fashion, you're, you're in really good shape. You know, he's obviously not set for probably a full workload. Uh, like that, like that quite a bit. Um, 
first one for me, Jarvis Landry over four and a half receptions. This is um, minus 135 on Caesars. Pretty straightforward, obviously. Uh, you know, Landry's actually topped this mark in every game that he has played from start to finish this season. Uh, target competition, obviously a bit thinner with the news this week with Odell out. Um, I think Donovan Peoples-Jones plays, but I think he's dinged up a little bit. Uh, this is just a really nice spot for, for Landry. This is a Bengals team that is stout against the run, fourth in rushing success rate allowed. So I think the uh, you know that defensive line is really good. I think the, really the only path here for the Browns is to at least mix in some of that short passing stuff as an extension of the run game. And I think that's going to work for Landry quite a bit. I think a nice spot for like eight to maybe a dozen targets for him. Low A dot stuff too. So I always feel good about, you know, receptions for a dude like Landry versus yards. So over four and a half for Landry for me feels like a really nice play that I'm willing to pay a little extra juice on because I think it's a pretty low threshold for, for him to uh, top there. I like that one. I, I, I was looking at that earlier. I'll probably, I'll probably tail that one for sure. Yeah, I thought we'd get five and a half there with the Odell news. So four and a half with, you know, fairly minimal juice, I think is is worth it. So uh, Alex, my man, kick us off, buddy. What's your first one? I've got some good news, Ryan. We are once again overlapping with Jarvis Landry. Um, that seemed to has worked very well for us That's- throughout the season. So, yeah, I was absolutely ecstatic when I saw that you were on Landry. So, yeah, absolutely love that. Love your play as well. Connor, yeah, so my first play, kicking things off with a running back going A.J. Dillon over 35 and a half rushing yards. I have been very encouraged and impressed by A.J. Dillon so far, especially recently. He has had at least eight carries in four of his last five games. He's topped this rushing total in three of his past five games. He's averaging ten and a half carries over his last five games. Obviously, there's going to be a seismic shift in offensive philosophy with no Aaron Rodgers. But I, I, if I'm the Packers, I think they're going to lean heavily on their two he- the two headed backfield with A.J. Dillon and obviously Aaron Jones. So, yeah, I'm anticipating a game plan centered around Dillon. Uh, The Chiefs are not playing good football on offense or defense, would not surprise me at all if the Packers were even competitive, even with Jordan Love at quarterback. KC ranks 29th in rushing DVOA. They've allowed seven running backs on the season so far to eclipse this number, including every single running back that they face that has had double-digit carries as well. Uh, Just watching Dylan week to week on a weekly basis, he just looks more and more comfortable. He's fighting for extra yards. Uh, The Packers line is playing well. I've just been – Really, really, really encouraged with what I've seen from him. Yeah, and I just think he's going to get between 10 to 12 carries. I think this is a, a low number for him. Yeah, that's a, that's a good call. I looked at potentially some A.J. Dillon unders on his carries as well because that was open at 14 and a half because of just because – or sorry, Aaron Jones under on his carries at 14 and a half because of how much work A.J. Dillon has been taking. And if you look at like the last few games, it's been like – like AJ Dillon had, uh, you know, sixteen, I believe, of or fifteen of thirty-one carries for Aaron Jones. AJ Dillon sixteen, and then Aaron Jones has only been having around fifty percent of the workload. But as you mentioned, I think they're probably going to go really run heavy and could have some some success against a terrible Kansas City Chiefs defense. So, uh, yeah, I think that your play there with AJ Dillon over is probably the move. Yeah, it makes a lot of sense there for sure. Um, I thought the number would be higher too. So. Yeah, uh, out-carried him last week. Uh, makes a lot of sense with, again, just all the moving parts there. Nice matchup. You know, you want to make it a little easier on Jordan Love. All those things kind of set up for that one. Uh, Connor, next for you. 
Yeah, so my next bet is uh, <clears throat> Tyler Boyd under 40, 48 and a half receiving yards. Uh, I know that, you know, Boyd was a staple last year of a lot of, you know, my plays and, and our plays in general, but he's gone on to the summer in five of eight games this season and four of six when T. Higgins is healthy. Uh, if you kind of look at the splits here, looking at our, our market share splits app over at four for four, um, in the games that Higgins has been active, I mean, it massively limits Boyd's upside. So um, in the six games with Higgins, Boyd averages just 35.5 receiving air yards, 49 receiving yards, and six targets per game uh, compared to eight targets, you know, close to 100 air yards a game. Uh, his role is just way different without T. Higgins in the lineup. Obviously, we know T. Higgins is healthy. Um, so we haven't projected for, you know, right around here, but I think that 48 and a half, all things considered, is a little bit too high. Uh, I like the under there and just as a low A dot slot kind of guy in a game that's probably going to be uh, slow paced and kind of grind it out back and forth. I like that. I like that quite a bit. Also, because I'm on uh, his teammate here with my next pick is Jamar Chase over 73 and a half receiving yards. Uh, DraftKings minus 115. The way that they use Chase and Higgins is, you know, all that Connor just laid out here, like um, pretty quiet week. So we're kind of buying the dip a little bit on Chase. We have him projected for 109.7 receiving yards uh, on the week, which is higher than 73, Um, (laughs) just second highest rate of the week. You know, so we are very bullish on the spot and it kind of makes sense. Cleveland profiles as a team that doesn't, that, you know, they like to run the ball and they stop running, you know, they stop you from running the ball um, up front. They're very stout against the run. So I think this is a great spot for Chase. Obviously, the big playability is absolutely huge. Um, I like the Higgins spot too, but uh, the Chase number, they're way too close. I think Higgins is like 61 and a half. So there should be a little bit of a larger delta, I think, between these two with the way that Chase for the season, his A dot is just so significantly higher. Last week, it was kind of weird. Like they flip flop rolls in a way. I just don't think that that's sustainable here. So Chase can do this on minimal catches with his big play ability. And we've seen dudes against Cleveland go off. Tyreek, just, uh, Justin Jefferson, Mike Williams, Brandon Cooks, Deontay Johnson last week. We've all seen these guys go for um, upwards of you know 100-plus against this defense. So I uh, love Jamar at 73.5 in a big, big way. Feel really good about our projections having him up into the hundreds. Love it. Do, do you guys know, is Jamar the odds-on favorite for Offensive Rookie of the Year? Uh, I, I, so. I, I think he is. It was just interesting. He be, because, he's not. But yeah, he, I yeah, I agree. He has just been absolutely phenomenal. It seems like a lifetime ago that the reports out of training camp that he was playing terribly and all those right. whispers oh, yeah. throughout preseason. It's just so funny to see just this seismic shift. And obviously he's been as good as any rookie wide receiver, frankly, in NFL history since probably Odell Beckham Jr. Um, had that fantastic rookie year. So it brings me to my next play, which is – Brandon Cooks over four and a half reception. This one is a bit steamed up. It is minus 150. However, I do like this one a lot. I was shocked this line did not open at five and a half. Personally, uh, Cooks has had at least five catches in seven of eight games this season. He's averaging 6.3 catches per game. He's getting just a hair under nine targets per game. He's had 
14 catches in the first two games of the season where Tyrod Taylor appeared in, who will obviously be playing quarterback this week for Houston. Um, yeah, I just could not believe this was not at five and a half. The Dolphins have given up the fourth most receiving yards and the fifth most receptions to opposing wide receivers on the season. There is very minimal depth um, behind Cooks on this Texans receiver group. We've got Chris Conley, Nico Collins, Danny Amendola, Jordan Aikens at tight end. None of these guys has had more than six targets in a game this season um, yeah, the Dolphins on paper obviously they have a good secondary but they have not performed well at all this season they rank 26 in past DVOA uh, Cooks is really the only viable receiving options I think he's going to get absolutely peppered with targets I, I like the spot quite a bit for him uh, what projects to be a competitive game I think he's a really good bet to go over five catches yeah he should crush Connor's Dolphins here uh, pretty pretty easily um yeah, we're on a bunch of Dolphins props. We'll get to that later. But, I mean, I, I think that this, this game, I, I like the over in that game. I think that there's some interesting sneaky shootout potential with just the offenses being underrated and the defenses both being uh, bad, to say the least. Yeah, I feel better about it with Parker, Devontae Parker in there. But uh, you can still make the case for that for sure. Uh, Connor, number three. Yeah, so my next one keeps moving on me. So I've adjusted my sheet like three times. Um, I, I bet it at 232. It's not on the 224 playable. I think it's this playable down to 220, to be honest. Trevor Lawrence under 220 passing yards. It's probably my favorite bet of the week, actually. One of my first uh, one-and-a-half unit plays uh, of the season. Um, so the Trevor Lawrence matching up, matching up against the Bills this week. Uh, their defense has played so well, ranking first in both pass defense DVOA and explosive pass rate allowed. Uh, the Jags, who are, want to run the ball but probably won't be able to, uh, now are going to be facing the toughest defense that they've played by far. Um, if we look at the Bills and how they perform against other quarterbacks this season, they've actually allowed fewer than 220 passing yards in every game except for a game against Patrick Mahomes, which is incredible to believe. But if we go through it, 188 to Ben Roethlisberger, 169 to Brissett, 212 to Heineke, 87 to Mills, 270 to Patrick Mahomes, then 216 to Tannehill, 205 to Tua. Um I think that Lawrence is much more in that category of guys that, you know, are, we're allowing the close to 200 to than uh, Patrick Mahomes. So given, you know, the weapons and given the lack of, you know, the dysfunction in the Jaguars right now, I'm very confident taking this under. I think that when it opened to 230, I thought it was ridiculous. 225, I think it's still too high. I play this on the 220. I think that he finishes with less than 200 as the Bills dominate and control this game from start to finish. We highlighted this with Silva on the Wednesday show, how last week it was Jamal Agnew, Carlos Hyde, and Dan Arnold combining for 60% of the target share. Like they're like, you got dudes like Jamal Agnew, who is like a, like he was a corner (laughs) who went to play special teams. That's now playing like receiver, you know, just a, just a mess. So not a bunch of dudes that scare you after the catch, which, uh, probably makes you feel pretty good about that one too, for sure. Uh, next for me, Tyler Conklin over 32 and a half receiving yards. I think this is 33 at some spots too. Uh, fine with that. We haven't projected uh, at 45.9. I think the Vikings are going to be forced to go a little bit more pass heavy. Uh, those good things happen when they do that. They are pretty efficient in the passing game. They just would love to run the ball over and over again. I don't think they're going to be able to do that against Baltimore and Conklin's, I think, a better pass-catching tight end than I think we thought coming into the season. It's really actually emerged as the clear third receiving option there. They're not using Dalvin Cook as much as I would like to see in the passing game. And, like, the K.J. Osborne thing has died down a little bit. We've seen 
back-to-back weeks with 71 yards and 57 yards for Conklin. And the Ravens are a sneaky great spot for tight ends. They are allowing a league-high 79.7 receiving yards per game to the position. Uh, in our schedule-adjusted fantasy points metric that we have at 4 for 4 I think it's really cool. It takes into consideration who they are playing and things like that. Uh, Baltimore's 31st against the tight end position. So that kind of validates the the raw numbers there too. It's a really nice matchup. Uh, 32 and a half is way too light for Conklin with how he's being used right now. Yeah, I like that for sure. All right, my man, Alex, uh, I like this one. Uh, consider this, and I think this is kind of a sneaky spot for, for your guy here. What's number three? Yeah, I just want to state this would not be the prop drop show if Connor did not fade at least one quarterback. So I was uh, <laughs> it was comforting. It. it was comforting. Yeah, yeah. yeah, I feel a sense of relief after seeing um, <laughs> seeing that play. So yeah, this play I, I was uh, surprised by this number as well. This is Nick Chubb over eighty three and a half rushing yards. Chubb has had at least eighty three yards in five of six appearances this season. He is averaging ninety seven rushing yards per game. He's obviously playing behind if not the best, one of the best run blocking lines in all of football. No Kareem Hunt, who's obviously on injured reserve. We saw uh, Dearness Johnson only handle four rushing attempts last week. So I don't think his role is going to be that big. I think he's just going to be there to spell Chubb. I don't think he's going to carve out the sort of role that Kareem Hunt had in the offense prior to getting hurt. Chubb has gone over this total every time he's had at least 20 carries this season. That's out of three out of three games. He's gone over this total in 16 of 17 career games where he's had at least 20 rushing attempts his rushing attempts by the way is set at 19 and a half which is encouraging in games he's had at least 19 rushing attempts in his career he's gone over in 21 of 22 career games uh yeah the Bengals D has been stout they have been solid but they did not look great at all last week versus the Jets and Michael Carter Bengals are currently 10th in rushing DVOA uh yeah I just think it's not going to be a surprise or whatsoever that the Browns are playing to feed Chubb early and often. I think this number should have been set in the low 90s. I was shocked to find it at 83 and a half where I think it presents some really nice value. Yeah, it's, it's interesting. It's not a, like a great matchup, but he's almost like matchup proof. And Agreed. Yeah, um, I think it's an interesting one for sure. Uh, reminder, we're going to wrap it up. We each got one more. Uh, Again, continue to, to fill the chat with questions. Uh, we will take them after we get done going around the horn. Happy to help. Anything you're thinking about in the marketplace, anything that you've considered, anything that you want, validation, confirmation bias that you've bet, uh, any questions that you have for Alex's cat, whatever we need to get done, we want to take care of with the last half of the show. So, uh, Connor, take us home, buddy. Uh, last one for you. Yeah, so my last play uh, here is Mike Gusecki, over 49 and a half receiving yards. Uh, you know, you're, you're able to find this at 50 more widely now, I guess, at this point. I think it's still very much playable here. Um, I mean, our current projection has him at 70 or 68 receiving yards. He draws a great matchup against Houston, as we mentioned earlier. I mean, should be a back-and-forth game. Um, he has gone over this number in two of the last three starts with Tua and the third missed by one yard in a tough match against Buffalo, as I also previously mentioned. So, uh, with uh, Devontae Parker out here, I think it's just going to mostly be uh, Jalen Waddle and Mike Gusecki as the focal points of this offense uh, in a passing game that, which has continued to pass even when they're leading. Uh, currently, Miami installed as five and a half point favorite, so you expect them to have some kind of a lead, but they're probably not going to blow out the Texans here. Uh, so I think that this game is going to be back and forth, and that we're going to see plenty of Gusecki here against a bad Houston defense. I like it. Consider that. We talked about that one in, in our Discord earlier. It's a nice matchup for him. Obviously, things open up without. 
you know, uh, Parker, like you said. So, yeah, good, good call. Um, I like that one quite a bit. Uh, I'm going to go wrap it up, go back to the well with uh, Deontay Johnson over 73 and a half receiving yards, uh, minus 115 on DraftKings. This is wheels up again, back to back weeks for, for your Deontay. He is just getting like dominant work. I'm, I'm surprised, to be honest. Like, I, I thought that things opening up with Juju out, I thought we would start to see you know, Claypool really ascend and get into like, and he is from a snap share standpoint, but like his targets are stalled. Like he's still in like the high teens and we're seeing like these astronomical target shares, air yard shares for Deontay that are up. It's like the mid thirties, close to 40 every week. He is just, he's been big Ben's first look and uh sneaky spot. The bears are actually dead last in football outsiders DVOA against wide receiver ones on the season. This worked last week in the spot where I went to uh, the well with Debo and Debo went off for 171, uh, absolutely crushed. So I think again, with a heavy workload for Deontay, uh, again, we're paying what four yards more than we did last week. Absolutely fine with that. Uh, again, back to back weeks of 13 targets. He is going to crush again in the spot and uh, you take us home on a, on a nice Monday night one. That's going to be ugly to watch. I think otherwise, but uh, we can cheer for our Deontay over and, uh, and go from there. Uh, all right, Alex. I like your, this. Is the last one is interesting. This is a uh, hot button fantasy topic. Um, bring us home. Yeah, my cat assisted with this one. <laughs> this is a bit of a meme pick. I absolutely love it, though. It is Adrian Peterson over thirty-two and a half rushing yards. It's hard for me to say that with a straight face. I cannot believe I'm making him an official play, but I actually like it. Uh, yeah, I, I want to also preface by saying this play is a little bit speculative, obviously. But, I mean, if you look at it, you really couldn't have found a better situation for Adrian Peterson to land in. Um, Todd Downing loves to run the football. Uh, The Titans are built to run the football. I expect them, obviously, to start passing the ball more. But this number just feels too low for a guy that is very likely to get double-digit carries. Uh, The Rams also are in the middle of the pack rushing defense. Uh, We know Peterson obviously keeps himself in fantastic shape. It was also telling that he was promoted to the active roster in his first game. Um, The Rams actually rank 18th in rushing DBOA. We've got Julio Jones playing. We've seen AJ Brown just be absolutely dominant recently. He's putting together some of the best football of his career. I think that ultimately takes some of the pressure off of the running game, off of Peterson, the defense. We're going to have to respect the wide receivers. I also took a closer look at Jeremy McNichols. He has never, he hasn't had more than two rushing attempts this season in his career. He's had double digit carries one time in his five years, 25 games played. I just think Peterson is a very strong bet to get 10 to 12 carries. There's just no one else that they're going to really hand the ball to on first and second down. And we know the Titans love to run the ball. I'm not expecting a workload like Derrick Henry, but obviously this line um, is not reflective of that sort of volume. So yeah, I think 32 and a half is totally a feasible in his range of outcomes. And yeah, he's going to fall forward for two or three yards, 10 to 12 times and hopefully go over. I like it. I like it. It's going to be interesting to see. It's one of those ones where you said you know, speculative more than, than, you know, based in data because he's making a season debut. So it uh, doesn't mean that, uh, that he's not going to slide right into that role. I think they are going to be comfortable with a big body dude like that. 
He he looked good last year too. Um, he he's was in shape. He keeps himself in obviously unbelievable shape. He's taking some incredibly high end vitamins and supplements. The best <laughs> stuff GMC has to offer. You know that stuff is top shelf for sure. He's getting all the the tough stuff at the very top that you know you have to go into the back room for all that sort of stuff. That Any homeopathic to, stuff? I know homeopathic. The homeopathic. He's on that Portland diet as well. He's raw. <laughs> he's vegan. He's hanging out in my garden. As we speak right now, <laughs> getting prepped for the game, oh, wow. you know, you know he's ready. You know he's ready. He doesn't to- have to pee in the cup before the game, does he? He doesn't. He's passed. <laughs> we've, we've made sure he brought the Wizenator. We're all good. He's cleared. He's ready to go. <laughs> Oh my God. <laughs> Who was that that got caught with a Wizenator like five, ten years ago? Yeah. Ryan, you got to remember that. Uh, yeah, I remember it happened. Was it Pac Man? I think it might have been Pac Man. Do you remember that story, Connor? Uh, no, but um, uh, I, I, about, I know, I know Pac Man. About a decade ago, I want to say between like 10 and 15 years ago, I think it was Pac Man. There was some kind of, you know, controversial NFL player at the time who uh, I think he was caught at an airport and they like checked his luggage and he had a Wizenator, if you're familiar with the device. So shout out Wizenator. That's amazing. Yeah. Yeah. GNC too. I mean, that was a great (laughs) plug, you know? Yeah. No, the Wizenator was Pac-Man. It looks like, Oh no. uh, Ontario Smith. Hmm. Uh, All right. I remember it happening. For sure. I remember yeah. it being a big Ontario story. Smith. Um, yeah, very interesting. You can get the drinks too at GNC while you're there, you know. So if you're in Alex's garden, we want to make sure you're not peeing in a cup before game day. Uh, just make sure everyone's everyone's good there. Oh yeah, Sal's on it too. Ontario Smith. Um, thanks, Sal. Producer Sal and Jakers. You guys are the best. Um, all right, we're a little ahead of schedule. We don't have a ton of questions. You guys are slacking today. Um, so I'm going to toss it back to you guys. I know you're not prepared for a fifth. Does anyone have a fifth before we hop into questions? I've been trying to look at this like right now. So Jordan Love um, just popped off eight and a half rushing yards. Hmm. Uh, I mean, feels low. I don't know. Uh, yeah, another one similar to, to Alex's. It's like speculative because we don't have a great sense. And I know those QB rushing yards are – are super skewed. Um, interesting. What'd you got, Alex? I was just going to say, I, I wanted to update you on the Wizenator. It was uh, recently auctioned off in 2009. <laughs> the Wizenator that was um, seized by TSA, in case anyone wondered uh, where the Wizenator is and uh, the, the full story. So, uh, yeah. so, so good. good. <laughs> That's awesome. Um, all right. I think we got, we got a decent amount of questions in here. Noonan. I, don't know. I know one question um, I was asked before we jumped in here um, and I'll piggyback after you guys, but uh, a buddy of mine was very curious about Lamar's passing props, his yards, completions and attempts. Yeah. I think we had a question actually in here. Um, let's see Lamar over his combo prop. Um, I believe it's three eleven and a half. Also like Hollywood Browns matchup. So yeah, let's, you can talk about Lamar as a whole here. Um, any thoughts on, uh, on Lamar here, Alex? Yeah. So uh, I, I have been obviously, you know, I study all these props, but this is Lamar's highest passing total, uh, his highest passing yards prop that he has had this season. You're starting to see the numbers catch up a bit. Um, 
I've been on, I've been riding him uh, and backing Lamar quite a few times early in the season because we've seen somewhat of a shift in offensive philosophy for this Baltimore team. They simply don't have the running personnel outside of Lamar, frankly. And uh, yeah, there's just, we know about all the injuries in the backfield and they just haven't been able to run the ball effectively with all these aging veterans. So yeah, Lamar is throwing the ball more. He's throwing the ball more than he has in his entire career. The Ravens offense uh, is frankly moving the ball through the air very effectively, but I do think this number projects, or excuse me, this game projects to be potentially high scoring, potentially attract me, but I do think the number is starting to get into that neighborhood where the edge, as far as I'm concerned, is frankly starting to get minimized a bit. I do not think that, um, I think it's an efficient line, long way, long-winded way of stating that. Um, yeah, I don't find a lot of value in his yardage prop. Uh, I do think his completions, I believe it's set at 19 and a half. If I were to choose between one of his three uh, passing or passing yards, uh, completions and attempts, I believe is at 30.5. I would go with completions over 19 and a half. But I do think we're seeing the first week where um, his lines are looking more efficient than they have in previous weeks. Yeah, our numbers are um over on both the completions and attempts, but we feel like I agree that the combine 311 and change for his yardage is probably a pretty efficient number. But we have to be encouraged and adjust too because we're seeing a different mindset, you know, philosophy offensively. They have a super dusty running back core and they actually have really nice passing weapons. Obviously with Bateman coming in, Hollywood Brown has been healthy and a surprise and been balling out. Mark Andrews is, is looking good still. So like, leaning to the strengths and Lamar's been incredible, like first and second down, like uber efficient. So, yeah, I mean, I think it's a decent matchup, but Minnesota's actually been pretty decent against the pass, which is surprising because I don't feel super good. Pat Pete's out, uh, you know, Dantzler you can take advantage of. So I don't, I don't think it's a bad spot at all for their passing. But it feels pretty efficient. Yep. Sammy Watkins might play as well, which obviously you yeah. know, is somewhat of a boost. That, that receiving core is uh, pretty deep and pretty talented with healthy Bateman. Obviously, you mentioned Marquise, Mark Andrews. Um, but, yeah, I, there are a lot of weapons in Baltimore, and I think that they can uh, – they're a very explosive offense. All right, we'll go to the question. Sad week from Dan. No Pittman talk. Because <laughs> um, we already crushed on a Pittman props on Thursday. Pittman hit for us with the highest receiving yards for the game by uh, with an asterisk because the guys that had more receiving yards for him were not available in the offer. Uh, so good on you, FanDuel, for paying that out still because yeah. the uh, the fields was not an option. Elijah Moore up, wasn't a – Nope. Keelan wasn't Cole listed. was not in there. Yep. We woke up with like a Christmas present. Literally, I, was I actually I was told like the the word traveled all the way to me about your call, guys. So yeah, I was uh, very happy to hear that you guys won that. And it, it must have been uh, Adrian Peterson in your garden, you know, whispering. You. <laughs> we do a lot of whispering back and forth while we uh, exchange plants and supplements. Uh, yeah, well, he he fell a half yard short of his like normal prop, uh, which was a just a kick in the groin, but really soften the blow to wake up to the, uh, the, you know, the special there. So we'll, we'll take it. Um, let's see. One of favorite hours of the week time to eat boys. We agree. This is one of our favorite times too. You guys are awesome. Um, technical difficulties, Dan, no Connor's just slow, man. I'm just late. I don't know what to yeah. say. Connor's on that grind, man. We're, you know, he's Connor's he's been in my backyard too much. <laughs> I, I wish man. I'm <laughs> In a while. <laughs> I'll change that this weekend. Teddy, two gloves over 261 and a half. 
uh, minus 110. Jerry Judy over four and a half receptions uh, in this matchup against Dallas here. Yeah, so like the receivers there just they're almost all healthy. And now you have no offense outs, so it's gonna be a Albert O season, but like they're just cannibalizing each other a little bit. So it's really hard to feel super convicted on any of these Denver receivers. I feel good about getting a plus number there, but not a bet that I'm chasing. I'm um, gonna give you a quick line, uh, and then I'll go to you, Alex, see where we have Teddy. Our number on Teddy is two sixty five point seven. So I would call that an efficient Uh, efficient number yeah i echo those same sentiments i bit last week on judy who did look good but yeah after watching the game closely even without fan you mentioned albert there are so many receiving options uh suddenly tim patrick had his best game of the season which was a bit of a kick in the gut but yeah i was on sutton actually on this show who finished i think just uh 15 yards or so short and then uh, judy finished half a yard short for me. So yeah, there's a lot of options in this offense. Bridgewater throws to both Melvin Gordon and Javante as well. Uh, This Cowboys defense is playing a lot better than I think most people realize. Uh, Furthermore, I was actually taken aback by Teddy's props, specifically his uh, passing attempts and completions. I believe it came out at like 37 or 38 and a half. I'm not sure on the exact number. I mean, I know the number came there. I'm not sure how many times Teddy has done that in his career, but it has not been very many times. He has not thrown the ball 38 times, I think maybe more than one or two times in his career. Um, Yeah, so I thought his numbers were inflated. I did not see very much value personally in uh, backing any of Bridgewater's plays. If anything, I'd be looking uh, to fade some of the spots. I agree with that for sure. Um, let's see what else we got here. Connor, did he hit any points bets last week? No, but we had some FanDuel specials. Yes, we did. We did. We bet uh, um, our new weekly specials guy, Dalton Cates, in our Discord was talking up Elijah Mitchell, 37-1 uh, to 1 to lead the week in rushing, and uh, both Ryan and I tailed that, and we made that an official play. And for like half of a unit, or I did a quarter of a unit. I, I chickened out. I was going to do a half, and I actually bet a half a unit on it. Uh, so it ended up being great. Uh, but I mean, thirty-seven to one, Elijah Mitchell crushed. Um, and it wasn't really even that much of a sweat. Like it was, it saved our week. Uh, saved saved my week, and you know, it was, it was awesome. That's amazing. Where was that on points bet? Yeah, yeah. Their weekly specials are really interesting because we had Elijah Mitchell projected for the second most rushing yards in the slate, but he was 37 to one on uh, Fandle. So we had a glaring value. Um, I'll share one of Dalton's favorites now, which I thought was good. Um, It was like, I thought Joe Burrow, it was like Joe Burrow's listed as like the seventh or eighth highest odds. Uh, We projected for the second most passing yards here, interestingly enough, just because since our Cleveland secondary has been getting burnt deep uh, plenty. So I think that. You know, like, I mean, I think he's like 17, 18 to one right now. We projected for 309 passing yards, second most on the slate. So I think that that's a, an interesting value there. I think you can also do the same thing. The other guys that make a ton of sense, you can't obviously parlay them or anything. But Chase, uh, Jamar Chase, I talked about already, he's 15 to one to lead the slate in receiving yards. We have him second behind Cooper Cup because it's all day Sunday. And uh, T. Higgins is 37 to one, which is also a really nice price. Like, that works really well if you think that the Burrow thing is happening too, because one of those two, one of those two is probably going off. We, I think we all kind of agree it's not, uh, you know, Boyd. It's not Tyler Boyd here. So kind of the way he's used, I think those ones make a lot of sense. The one I really like that he threw out there too, which is interesting, if Kenny Galladay sits, 
85 to one for Kadarius Tony is interesting. Um, again, we haven't really seen much since the Dallas game and he was hurt, but, and Oakland has actually done a pretty decent job at limiting big plays, but like there starts to be nothing left if uh, Galladay is not in that lineup. And then you also have no Shepard. Like some of the dip that's happened with Tony happened when Shepard came back. So yeah, I think Tony at 85 makes a lot of sense for just a little, little sprinkle. So, you know, not too aggressive, but uh, a little sprinkle makes some sense. Travis, our guy, Travis, dude, Travis sharp, dude. Um, this is the Travis. This is the Travis always in our chat firing yeah. off. Good stuff, dude. Um, over seven and a half receiving yards for Chubb, which I think is really interesting. He's talking about this one this week. Um, Bengals got destroyed by Jets receiving uh, yardage last week, obviously. So last week, Chubb ran a route on 35% of the dropbacks and uh, saw 3% of the targets, uh, 8% target per route run. This is basically, this is very like, this is a binary, does he see a target kind of a prop uh, because he, his ability with the ball in his hands is uh, in the open field. You feel pretty good about uh, seven and a half. So um, Alex, any leans on that? I, my lean is over. I haven't taken it, but I've been thinking about it since Travis threw it out into the, the Discord a couple of days ago. Yeah, I think you hit the nail on the head. It basically comes down to whether or not he uh, he sees one reception. I was encouraged uh, by the snap count. He he did, really didn't leave the field that much. Um, I was personally expecting uh, Dearness Johnson to mix in more, um, to spell him more. But it appears to be he's just an actual backup. He's obviously not – or not obviously, but he doesn't appear – Dearness Johnson does not appear to be assuming the Kareem Hunt role in the offense. I wasn't anticipating him necessarily uh, taking on that full sort of workload, but I did anticipate him playing more than he did, being on the field more than he did. It appears to be just a straight backup only when Chubb uh, needs a breather, needs a rest. So, yeah, I do think that – um, I, I would lean over on this, uh, certainly. And I do think, uh, yeah, I think Chubb's going to have a large workload and be on the field quite a bit. And there's good chance he gets one target or one catch. CA leans on that. No, I like it a lot, but I, I think didn't his, I know that a lot of the analysis is like without cream hunt, like he would assume a lot of the receiving work, but like, didn't that not happen? Uh, I don't remember the exact stats, but like, you know, yeah, I so, think that he did not assume as much receiving work as we had anticipated. So, uh, Darius Johnson played ninety percent of the long down and distance stuff. Okay, um, and a hundred percent of the two minute stuff. Yeah. So, those so are, you, you would kind of default to those being more of the passing. So, like Chubb, this is basically getting Chubb a target on first or second down, probably. And, and yeah. the Bengals have been very susceptible to. Uh, running backs yeah. out of the back pass catching running backs. And they've given so, up a lot of uh, receptions and yards to running backs out of the backfield. Third most so I like it. I like it. And I think it's worth a play. Like at maybe half a unit, but I don't love it. If that makes sense. Agreed. Yeah. I think it's subject to a lot of volatility. Uh, this was one that was a winner for us last week. A rescue dog thoughts on Dalvin cook over 17 and a half carries. Uh, he got us. He made us sweat it out. Uh, to the very end, we got 18, just crossed the line barely there. Um, I don't love it at this price, minus 130. Our projections are high on him. Uh, we like him for like a little in the low 20s, like 21, 22, I believe. Uh, this is just a little too risky. Again, kind of thinking of how this game is going to go. I, I kind of like Baltimore here. I think that forces the hand of Minnesota to get a little bit more pass heavy. So I think it's probably a pretty good number. Like He probably falls in the same range as he did last week, which is probably the high teens. And uh, it's a little close and not worth the juice for me on this one. Connor, any thoughts on 
Uh, Dalvin at 17 at minus 130. No, you you laid it out well. Uh, if they're going to be, I like to bet on the Vikings in spots that they're not, they're like three point within three point favorites, you know, or like heavy favorites to three point dogs, uh, because if things get out of hand, you know, they're going to be passing the ball and not really establishing it with Cook, where that's where his like 20 carry upside comes from. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, just not not my favorite spot for it. Too. Also, I, I would add to that, uh, this Ravens defense is not the same Ravens defense that we're accustomed to seeing, but they are stout up front. They are still an elite um, run rush defense. So, yeah, I also think that that's going to potentially play into it. I think if they minimize Cook and he is somewhat ineffective, I could see uh, his role being scaled back a little bit in the second half. And like you said, they are, I think, what, they seven-point underdogs, seven-and-a-half-point underdogs in the game. Um, yeah, I could totally foresee – uh, Minnesota having to just air the ball out a lot. Uh, next one is Dallas Goddard. Thoughts on Dallas Goddard over receiving yards. Um, trying to pull that number here real quick. I believe 50, it's 58. Yeah, 58 and a half is FanDuel's the best number I'm seeing. 59 and a half everywhere else. Chargers have been really bad against tight ends. Like, really bad. Uh, I think bottom three in DVOA. Um, it's been a target all season. Um, Alex, any leans on that? It's a big number, even for Goddard, even for him in a plus matchup. Obviously, we've been high on him, Ryan and I. We've uh, been backing him a few of the last few weeks, especially with Ertz out of the picture. However, I just think this number is efficient. Um, I'm not playing it's under. The, the, the Chargers have been uh, very poor defending opposing tight ends. But yeah, this is just a big number. And this game projects to be competitive. I don't know that Hertz is going to have to air the ball out a ton. We've also we've talked about both Connor and Ryan mentioned how the Eagles philosophy has shifted in recent weeks. They are running the ball more than ever. Hertz only had 14 passing attempts last week. We've seen Boston Scott, Jordan Howard, Kenny Gainwell be a lot more involved uh, the Chargers are very bad versus opposing uh, running backs as bad as any defense in the league. So it would not surprise me whatsoever to see the Eagles uh, deploy a similar uh, offensive game plan, be very run heavy. And if that works with them, I anticipate them sticking with it. So, yeah, I, I don't love Goddard in this spot um, in a scenario where they're going to be trailing. Yeah, I, I would. Obviously, the Chargers are very vulnerable to the position, and Goddard is a very talented person, p- talented tight end. But, yeah, I, I just think the number is efficient at 59 or 58 and a half. Yeah, we have 65 is the number, so not enough of a margin for me, Connor. Any uh, leans initially on, on Dallas Goddard? No, you guys you guys laid it out well. It's just the, the floor is really, really low. Uh, it's probably, we haven't projected for 64, but just it's it, the floor is really low in a game that – you know, I mean, he could see like four or five targets, so he has to catch all of them for a good amount. Yeah, He hasn't gotten the sort of target share that I think we all anticipated, too, after Ertz departed. He's been making the most of his targets, and he's been uh, extremely efficient with his targets. But, yeah, I was expecting to see a big bump in volume, and it just hasn't happened. And that is partly because the Eagles have been in more competitive game scripts. But even when they weren't in the couple game sample size we had, he just didn't get the sort of uh, target share that I think we and most people in the prop community were anticipating. I think this is a spot, though. Like, like I said, I, I think the number is probably efficient. Connor made a good point. Like, you got to be probably perfect. Having receiving overs tied to Jalen Hurts has been tricky at times. And last week, obviously, they just kind of boat raced the Lions. So, really, all the pass catchers were were kind of drawing dead there. So, as someone who had a Devonta Smith, who was my only L last week, um, you know, he just never got off the schneid there because it was just it was twenty four nothing, real, real, real quick. Um, Go back to Dalvin Cook, over 99 and a half 
combo yards, rushing and receiving minus 130. I had this kind of pegged as something I wanted to watch for this week. And again, the more I dug into Dalvin's usage in the passing game lately, it's been a little frustrating. I think that's probably a little noisy in small sample size theater to get back to him a little bit. Uh, I kind of like this. I, I don't like the juice. I don't know if that's the best number to get on him, but um, our projections have it pretty nicely over here. Uh, we have him closer to like, you know, 118 or so. Um, but I mean, we kind of touched on it. That You would need him to have a nice game in the passing game because we kind of touched on the, the rushing yard piece earlier. So you, you really need him to, to get three to four uh, you know, receptions here and then do something with them. So, yeah. Uh, let's see. JB front of the show in the chat, Boston Scott over 43 and a half rushing yards. Um, I can get there. I mean, again, depends on how you think this game is going to go. I think is really important because we saw Boston Scott be the guy in a positive game script last week as they got up um, still way too much. Jordan Howard. You know, if you're, you're holding on this ticket, you're going to be watching this game tilting your balls off as Jordan Howard runs for two yards, like 10 times uh, it's going to be rough. So again, now you're also dealing with three backs in there too. So if the game gets kind of close or the chargers get up, you know, Scott is really, now he's fighting with Gainwell as well for snaps. So uh, Alex, any thoughts on uh, Boston Scott? Yeah. So I, I would personally be very careful of this one. I am a Boston Scott truther. I do really like him. I think he is the Eagles best running back besides miles, uh, Miles Sanders, but however, I would caution just to piggyback on what you said, Ryan. There are a lot of scenarios where this goes south, where the Eagles are going to abandon the run just because we saw them have a run heavy approach and it be effective last week. To me, we're still dealing with Nick Sirianni here, who has shown uh, very little, he has had very little confidence in the running game. As soon as uh, the running game is somewhat ineffective, he abandons it and abandons it in a hurry and is not afraid to just completely omit it from the game plan. So in a scenario where the Chargers get up or the Eagles are trailing, uh, yeah, I, I think this I, – I personally, I would stay away from this. Scott is certainly capable, and the Chargers are uh, not a good rush defense. If he gets 12 to 15 carries, I do think he will easily eclipse the number. I just think there are a lot of ways where it can go south, so that's why I'm staying away from it. Yeah, we're bullish on it. We, we have a nice – what, 57 and a half is the number. Um yeah, because we have nine carries projected for 57 half yards because of the matchup and because of his prior efficiency. So, yeah, stay away from me too. Yeah. Uh, let's see. There's another one that's down the line here a little bit. Boston's got any time touchdown plus 190. N- not for me. Anybody? Nope. No. No. Uh, we've got Jordan Howard, uh, who's potentially going to be siphoning uh, – goal line touches if there was no Jordan Howard in the mix I'd I'd like it more but yeah just the fact that Howard is seems to be the preferred red zone back uh yeah I I don't have uh I don't think it's a great value yeah I'm with you there all right let's see here uh let's go back up to the top uh we touched on that one appreciate all the research guys appreciate you uh DJ Moore under against the Pats 71 and a half um, yeah, I mean, we don't know what's going on at the quarterback position for the Panthers, and that's obviously a, a pretty major. Um, Where's that at? Um, I'm yeah, I haven't seen that either. Let me see if I can find it. Um, Must have just come out while we've been on air. Uh, I'm finding a 64 and a half at FanDuel. It's the yeah. only thing I see. A little less exciting. <laughs> a little less exciting. Um, stay away from me at 64 and a half. Um, if you're still with us, let us know if you're getting 71 and a half. Maybe it's a, 
a local guy you're shaking down. Um, oh, good... here we go. This was prize picks. That's why. Um, prize yeah, picks, gotcha, mm. gotcha, gotcha. definitely. Good old prize under. picks. I would definitely take the under there if you can get it. Um, but yeah, 64 is probably about right. Yeah, I agree with that. Uh, next, Brian Edwards under 42 and a half receiving yards. Obviously, the um, you know, unfortunately, his path to work has increased in a big, big way this week. Um, 56.8 is what we have him earmarked for, which is pretty healthy. Um, anyone have any leans on uh, Brian Edwards' work week here? Uh, not a strong one. I think it's easier to um, kind of anticipate how the usage is going to trickle down uh, to, you know, potentially Hunter Renfro, uh, Darren Waller. I kind of want to see Edwards in the offense sans rugs before I have a strong take on the play. So, yeah, I'm going to be watching closely, but don't have a uh, strong lead on it. Our resident meathead, gym head, Dan, uh, <laughs> dropping GNC recommendations, get in there on Cyber Monday, load up. Dan, get out of the gym, man. Okay. Yeah, Dan's probably watching this from the gym. Get so off the juice, that. Dan. Yeah. We're worried about you. Says it lowers your sperm count if you uh, on, use too much of that stuff, and I know you want to be a dad one day. So, <laughs> good stuff. Be careful, buddy. Good advice, Alex. Thank you. Uh, Keenan Allen over five and a half receptions, minus one fifty. Uh, I really like the spot for Keenan. It came. I felt like it came out, and it was like already minus one fifty, and I didn't think it. That. Yeah, it's like, uh, yeah. Give me at least. Let me consider. Give me the chance to get it minus one. Let me get a shot at it, right? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. So, again, just again, Big Mike probably locked up with Darius Slay. Um, I took an over on Austin Eckler receiving yards. I know a big player in the space took an under on Austin Eckler when it opened up late last night, but I think it was like forty-eight and a half. Um, that got steamed all the way down to forty and a half. So I got a forty and a half at plus money on Austin Eckler. Um, for the same premise that I think that Keenan Allen's a good play. Um, very soft vanilla defense from Philly. Uh, just a lot of basic two deep looks that allows for a lot of stuff in the short and intermediate game. Darius Slay locks up Big Mike and Keenan and Eckler eats in a big, big way. So um, I like the Eckler play. It's kind of why I liked Keenan, but again, minus 150 is just uh, it's tough. Man. He's still got to catch six balls and you're really paying all the tax there. Uh, Connor, any leans on that? Um, no, I, I like the Ackler one. I, I think that's good. Uh, the Keenan one, though, so what I've noticed with the books, uh, like last year and the years prior, um, they would just line it. Almost everything would be a minus 115, and then they'd let the market, you know, steam it one way or another. Um, but now they're almost like in, like the over on Keenan at 5.5 is the right play. Like, don't get me wrong. I think it is 100% the right play. We've been projected for 6.6. This is pretty universal among a lot of other props. Uh, they, like – but then they shade the the over like with like minus one fifty, minus one sixty juice, and I see it. I notice that with a lot of unders too. They're like minus one seventy, minus one eighty. Where the point it's like can't really bet that. Um, so for me, I think that minus one fifty is a stay away. If you're able to find, I mean, minus one forty or minus one thirty, even I'd consider it. Um, but minus one fifty, I mean, it's it's you know it's a one and a half unit play basically. So yeah. if you're that confident, in it, then go for it. But I'm not. Agreed. Yeah, I would want to. Test something a little bit more flat there. Uh, this is a PPR season. Do you know what show you're on? <laughs> Second week in a row. All right, Come we on, TS. Uh, we can answer it, but just one of those for boss. Sanders. Yeah. If Hopkins is out, should I flex Julio? 
uh, Emmanuel Sanders, Christian Kirk, or Melvin Gordon. I, I get the Christian Kirk thing. He's probably bumped outside, but I think that probably opens it up more for a, uh, you know, Rondell Moore. But again, AJ Green's out too, so I can I can understand. But again, we also are dealing with Huli or um, with Kyler maybe being out. So that seems even more likely than Hopkins. So um, I would go Sanders in a game where surprisingly Jacksonville's been decent against the run this year, just by sheer volume. Like the raw numbers aren't great because they're always in negative game script and teams run all over them. But Buffalo will throw down your throats. And uh, Sanders is a guy that's, you know, nice big splash plays. Any Cowboys props? Um, I looked at some, uh, Amari Cooper opened at 60 and a half on FanDuel. And I looked at that, but it looks like both him and CD are going to play, um, which is fine. I still think it's a little bit too low, but, uh, it wasn't enough of a margin for me to consider. I think we haven't read it. We have them like at 70 or receiving yards. Yeah. I took a close look at uh, Dalton Schultz, uh, both his yards and his receptions. Uh, Blake Jarwin is out of the game. Prior to last week where we saw Dak miss the game and Cooper Rush play, uh, Schultz had been absolutely phenomenal with Dak behind center. I believe he had at least five or six catches in four straight games and eclipsed uh, 60 yards in all of those games. So he had been really coming on strong with Dak um, under center, who was obviously uh, expected to play this week. And, uh, yeah, his role should probably even expand further uh, with no Blake Jarwin um, in the lineup. Uh, I was somewhat hesitant uh, just because Denver has been solid versus opposing tight ends this season. That's what prevented me from making it official play, but I did like it quite a bit. Yeah, I wanted to look at Zeke, and then the number came out, and it was ridiculous, and really considered a Zeke under, to be honest. Like 95.5 rushing yards for Zeke is a massive number. Uh, as Connor's eyes bulge out of his head. 95.5? Um, How about 77? Yeah, is there you maybe combined? I'm sorry, I'm looking yeah. at combined. That's okay. my bad. I was about to 75 say, yeah, and a I'm half. Go bet that under right now. Yeah, um, my bad. Okay. No, because I was looking at it again. I'm like, that seems really high. Yeah, 95 and a, <laughs> 75 and a half. 95 and a half is his combined number. Uh, still a little high because I feel like, um, you know, Denver's actually been not great against the run, um, surprisingly, mostly because they've had a ton of injuries. Linebacker core has been eaten up, but uh. Too much for Dak uh, or for uh, Zeke here. I think Dak uh, has a, a nice field day. They're going to have struggle getting any pressure on him. So I think he comes in, even though it's his first game back. I think he was probably pretty close to playing last week. So not really worried about that. Uh, Dan wants to know, how do we handle the Kittle situation? Yeah, we've talked about this a lot in Slack. Um, I thought it was going to be a nice spot. Again, Debo, is, his workload right now is insane. Uh, but he's a little dinged up, like dealing with a calf injury, limited practicing. And Brandon Ayuk took a massive jump in work last week. Uh, massive jump in in uh, snaps, routes run, targets per routes run, all those things. That just is a little bit of a wet blanket on him with Kittle coming back. So for me, it's just kind of a stay away in a game again where they could run the football against Arizona, who is struggling to stop the run this year. In a game again, Kyler might be out in this game. So there's just there's too many variables here. And this becomes a really run-heavy game for San Francisco with Kyler out. I don't want to be holding any receiving tickets on the San Fran side. Yep. You guys are shaking your head and agreeing with me. So Agreed. Yeah. Awesome. Um, this is a good question. You guys starting to see less volume each week as the season goes. Uh, books are sharp, sharpening, uh, getting really sharp. I agree. Uh, probably a little bit, but, uh, you know, not a, not a ton overall. Again, it's mostly because buys, too. We just have fewer games to choose from. 
Yeah, my, my volume is down a bit this week, but um, I also think that there's more of an edge now kind of waiting for injury news and reacting to that rather than their opening lines are getting sharper to your point. Yeah. Um, so whereas in years past, as we mentioned, the line opening lines were not very sharp and some of them are still not. But, you know, I think now at this point, a lot of them are way more sharp than they were. And the ones that are not are get steamed and moved by sharp groups within an hour. So. All right, we're going to rapid fire. I'm going to list them off. If you have something to say, just give me a little bit of raise your hands. Uh, otherwise, we'll keep it moving here. Uh, we don't get a lot of these. TJ Watt, over two and a half tackles uh, against the Bears. It's a poor line. We don't have projections for tackles. I don't really have a way to measure this, but uh, if it feels like a good line to you, uh, let us know how it goes next week. Maybe we need to be getting into this market. Uh, maybe Why it's not? a leak in our game. Uh, Tanny, over 14 and a half rushing yards. That's on Sunday night there against the Rams. We always love some low bar uh, rushing quarterback overs. Uh, I don't know what our number is for Tannehill, but it feels like a little high. I probably would want that to be in the single digits for me. 13.9. 13.9, yeah. Um, I don't know what the odds are on that. Um, Stafford most passing yards on Sunday, plus 650. Should be a high-scoring game. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. I know that Derrick Henry matters. I don't know how much overall a lot of running backs impact the overall offense. Um, I think that Tennessee gets a nice bump if Julio is back offensively. So you can sell me on this game being a nice high-scoring game. Uh, I think there are better prices on the board. I'd rather get three times the number on Joe Burrow. Yeah, he's plus 650 for a reason. But we do have him projected for the most passing yards. So. Uh, Dylan said this Landry number is updated, five and a half. Um, yeah, I mean, again, I think we're seeing eight to ten low a dot targets for Landry there. Um, I don't hate five and a half whatsoever. So you can tell me on that. Um, let's see. Tyreek hit Tyreek and Mahomes to lead the slate in receiving and passing yards last year versus Tampa. Yeah. Get in these correlate those, um, make some money. You guys are awesome. Uh, we appreciate it. Thoughts on Quez Watkins over two and a half catches at minus minus one twenty. Again, Quez tied to Jalen hurts. Uh, and that's a tough place to be sometimes in the passing game. A lot of variance there. Um, some other questions here. Thoughts on Cordero Patterson this week? Any prop thoughts on Cordero? Receiving yards, maybe? I like the over on the receiving yards. It was like 33 and a half, I think. Uh, and we projected for like 50 again. I mean, he's been going way over that. But his usage has been just strange lately after the bye. It's just like all over the place in terms of him getting tough matchups. Carries. So yeah, yeah, super, super tough matchup. Um, Pick two, Emmanuel Sanders. Uh, did we do this? We did that. Kind of. Maybe. Sanders, Kirk, Judy, Patrick, Van Jefferson's a little different. Um, I'm still going Emmanuel Sanders. You get two. I'm going Judy and Emmanuel Sanders. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I'm yeah, trying sure. to move. I'm trying to move, Connor. All right, all right, all right. All right. Yeah, that's fine. Excellent. Um, Kelsey, under 76 and a half. Yeah, I mean – Kelsey didn't look good the other night, but he got James Bradbury treatment. Like they were using their best corner to slow him down and bracketing Tyreek. Um, that might happen to, to Darren Waller this week. I think is pretty interesting. But uh, yeah, definitely people are talking about Kelsey possibly being washed. I think probably uh, if you are a DFS player, I suggest maybe approaching Kelsey in uh, DFS tournaments versus a binary prop market. Uh, let's see. Jared Cook over 27 and a half receiving yards. Uh, against the Eagles there, that seems okay to me. We have 40 have... projected. Okay. That's, that's a good good bit different. Good over. Uh, Stafford over two and a half passing touchdowns. Eh, I don't really have an appetite for 
passing touchdown props, but uh, again, they love to throw. Uh, I'm hoping hoping you get plus money on that. Um, Austin Eckler over 41 and a half rushing yards. It's okay to me. I, I considered it. I liked his um, his receiving yards a lot, lot more. Um, six forty-one and a half rushing. I feel like this I is think it's rushing set at sixty. I'll say, yeah. Like, wait a second. This is a the sixty. Yeah, because is, we have sixty-five rushing yards projected. Yeah, forty forty and a half is what I got the receiving number at. Um, so this is probably a receiving 40, question. Yeah, that's probably what he's talking about. Yeah, um, over forty-one and a half receiving. Yes, uh, I took forty and a half and go for it. Um, Dan can't skip the gym. Son of a bitch. Um, Higgins over four and a half receptions. It's probably a pretty efficient number. I'd rather go with his his yards. Yep. Batia Betts checks in. Um, <laughs> oh, he wants Kanish. Um, yeah. Oh, yeah. my golf clubs. That's what I want. Yeah. <laughs> uh, let's see. Last one. Gaskin, most rushing yards, uh, 33 to 1 against the worst defense in the league. Yeah, I mean, I think his box scores looked different last week because of the way that that game went. Things worked out well for him the week prior from a rushing standpoint because – Malcolm Brown is out, and they weren't using Salvat Ackman as much. So I can get behind uh, a Gaskins number there. Um, yeah, I think we're either boring Alex or he's sleeping on us. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> oh, it's the best. All right. Uh, let's get to the uh, favorite portion of the show, uh, the player prop tool bet of the week from Sal. All right, Sal. Right, Jimmy got- G over two hundred and four and a half passing yards. Okay, minus one fifteen. Our projections are two forty six. Uh, very interesting here. I mean, I would, uh, I would want to know that Debo is is good to go. Personally, yeah, uh, I think if if Kittle is you know with with Kittle in too, I think it could be good. Uh, yeah, because I think Kittle's active. Yeah. I mean, 200 passing yards is nothing. But again, but if Kyler's not in, like, I don't think that the Niners are going to throw the ball more than 25 times. So, maybe that I'm with you. Uh, Alex, any leans here? Yeah, I mean, it is obviously a very low number. Uh, certainly capable of going over if the volume is there. But I, I'm with Connor that it's just unlikely that they're going to throw the ball up. Plus, there are just a lot of unknown variables in the game, just not even knowing Kyler's status and then um, things on, on San Francisco's side as well. So, yeah, I uh, would lean over but don't have a strong take. All right, Sal. Yeah. Sal's been rolling on these still. So yeah. We just know. got my, my favorite question here. Who is Sal? So producer Sal. Um, Shout out Sal. Yeah, Sal is our producer. He's the guy behind the scenes uh, doing all this, putting up the prop tool, who, the one who decides the prop tool bet of the week. And we don't know what it is prior to coming on. That's why I, I, I'm staring at it so intently to so try and read it and figure out what it is. Do we know what the season-long uh, record on the prop tool is? Uh, no, it's definitely positive. I think he won like the first three or four weeks in a row. Yeah, I think he's only missed one or two. And I think he missed one because we answered a question and then he had to pivot. Yeah, yeah, we, yeah, someone in the chat asked the the question that he wanted. So we, we pivoted. So we give him credit for that one. So, um, yeah, I think he just had the the one loss. So yeah, producer Sal has been, has been on it. The prop tool is really cool. 
Um, again, it's part of our package here at 444. If you get a betting subscription, runs off of our projections, allows you to pick your state, uh, whatever books you want. You can customize things if you have. Oh, we lose oh, Ryan. Yeah, well, I'm Ryan now. The, the, the so the four for four package, it's <laughs> phenomenal. You get it's a great value. Customize stuff. The player prop tool. <laughs> I exited myself in the chat. I was scrolling over, and I'm like, oh. I love the studio. Yeah, <laughs> Alex has rolled with it. I mean, he did not miss a beat. It was just like, all right, I'm Ryan. Let's keep going. Four for four. And then just you know, the gave us a little plug there. You're the man. Love that. Love yeah, that. so it's an awesome tool. If you're watching on video, before I exited the video, take a look at the tool. It's awesome. Again, part of our betting sub at four for four. So Alex is a professional, man. You know, like brought the bear in here. We had a little bit of prop stars after dark. Uh, we got a full car wash of the, uh, the prop stars experience this week. So. Got God. to got to do a meme play with Adrian Peterson. <laughs> Love that. Doesn't, doesn't get any better than that. Uh, Can't wait to right. catch that, fellas. Let's uh, let's get some winners this week, everyone. Again, we super appreciate you hanging out with us. We'll be back to do this in the same spot next week. Again, don't forget to subscribe so you don't miss a show. Connor and I will be back on Wednesday, breaking down the games for Week Ten from a betting perspective, and then again Friday, right here with our boy Prop Star. So for Connor and Alex, I'm Ryan. We will see you next week. <laughs>